Welcome to the Learning Project Network, where we learn through stories to make a change. The Learning Project Network, an organization dedicated to social justice issues. We are dedicated to learning about issues that impact children, families, and communities to help start conversations that lead to solutions. We believe that through storytelling and peer support, individuals can better understand how experiences lead to outcomes. Welcome to The Learning Project. I'm back again with another great podcast series with Pastor Sean Davis. Okay, you guys, if you have not met Pastor Sean Davis or been to his church, I'm telling you, you need to find some way to get to his church, find something that he's doing, connect with it, because there are so many great opportunities for you to learn, grow, and build community. Um, He is a person that I have been around since I was a little girl, and I have just always admired his ministry, his work, his passion for the community. And I was on Facebook and I saw someone actually post something that was like, hey, there's this um, gathering of people that are going to come together. It's about MLK. And I'm like, I'm, I'm skimming it. Okay. So I didn't even like really read, read, read through it. And then my mom comes to me and says, hey, Pastor Sean put this event on where people got together and got in focus groups and talked about different issues that are impacting the black community in Spokane, Washington. I was like, what? I was like, I didn't even see this. And it was because I skimmed it and I didn't actually read it. But I heard so much. Okay, so I reposted this flyer and said, hey, make sure you follow this page so that you can go to attend the next event. And there was like four people that were like hey i went to this event and it was amazing it was transformational it's probably the best event that we've ever had that's focused on collaboration and really talking about the issues that are going on in the black community specifically with spokane washington so i had to reach out to pastor sean davis and was like i already know you're doing like 50 million thousand things that people don't even know about in the community but i wanted to hear it directly from you and i wanted to connect people to you and what you're doing in the community. So welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> yes, thank you, Stephanie. And I'm really excited um, to be a part again, even of what you're doing and using this platform to be able to even expose our community to what a lot of people are already doing. And sometimes we simply don't know what the, you know, the right hand don't know what the left hand is doing. So yeah. I want to thank yeah. you for actually creating this platform for that reason. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, Pastor Sean, and like what brought you here to Spokane and why have you stayed in Spokane? We talk about this like every segment. Spokane's like (laughs) a black hole. Everybody's like, I'm never coming. I'm never staying here. I'm leaving, never coming back. And you leave or you just stay. So it's the black hole that keeps you here. So um, what's your story? Yeah, and you're right. That is our challenge is being able to retain, you know, a lot of our black talent, our black, you know, skilled leaders, um, you know, in our type of system economy, as well as our lack of culture um, tends to drive them to different places. But as far as myself, you know, to me, Spokane was more of a God calling. 
Uh, I remember years ago, you know, growing up in Compton, Los Angeles, California, being an assistant pastor down there for years. And my mother, uh, when I relocated, you know, questioned me on that very note. Why do you have to go there to start a church? You know, all these churches here in Los Angeles, why can't you just stay here? Mm -hmm. And I had to even explain to my mother that when you deal with a calling, it, you don't have a say-so in that. Mm -hmm. God chooses. And so it was it was a divine appointment and and God proved it by the relocation was done in a way, you know, where the company that I was working with and not only was going to, you know, pay for me to move and relocate, you know, cars, family, you know, furniture and everything. Um, but Steffi, they wanted me to relocate with them so bad that they actually came up here and let me pick out a house that they bought for me and my family. What? Just to get me to move to Spokane, Washington. And so, wow. um, so that was God confirming that, no, this is me. This is my doing. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I stayed with the company here for about uh, the first three years and then um, started, you know, the church and knowing that that was God's plan, you know, all the time. So what's what's keeping me here is is God in the sense that I know that I'm I've been sent here. I've been called to this community and um, I've embraced that, you know, so I've never really had that struggle of, you know, I want out of here, you know, no. I know that God has sent me and God has proved it through the fruits of yeah. many lives we've been able to touch. And uh, um, yeah. Man, I, this is so deep y'all. So I didn't know that. I didn't even know um, how you ended up getting here and how you ended up, you know, staying here. And so, you know, so many people, I think this is a good question for me to ask for so many people that are in ministry and um, are pastors. Um, the burnout is real. And yeah. when you see so many social and emotional issues in your community and even within your congregation, and you're like, how do I help them find that healing place? How do I help them connect, connect them to resources? Because I think your church does an amazing job with this is finding and creating resources for your um, church and the community. Um, what is your, what is your, 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 your center of, how you navigate this and keep yourself from getting so overwhelmed by all of the the tasks that are at hand and things that are really laid at your uh, your feet. Mm -hmm. Good question. Um, yes, burnout is real. Um, for me, Steffi, it's been understanding first of all my own inner security and validity in what God you know has called me to do. I think sometimes our insecurities cause us or pushes us to a place of a need to be needed. Mm. And so what happens with burnout is that we accept every invitation to do mm. everything because we have a need to be needed. Mm. But when you when you found your self-worth, your your validation and knowing that, you know what I mean, you have one audience that you're really sent to please and that's God, mm. not man. Mm. And so yeah. when I've grounded myself in that, then I know how to do self-care. I know how to do time management. And most of all, I, I know how to say no. Mm -hmm. um, that, and that's a challenge for people 
like myself, definitely that is passionate about helping people. Yeah. And you care, you know, it's genuine. But I have to let people know that Jesus is the only one that can be everywhere at every time. And I'm not. <laughs> the truth. <laughs> you just got to say no. Yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> That's the truth. It's the truth. And I mean, I see so many people that have, and even just see, but like I've grown up with so many leaders in our community. Um, and I've seen the different things that they've done and how they've connected and they're just burnt. And they're just like, I don't even know what to do about the issues that we're having in Spokane. And some people are like, what are the issues in Spokane? So what are some areas that you and your um, church um, organization are really attacking and focusing on and why? Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. So I will answer that, Steffi, in, in a way of kind of aligning it even with times and seasons, because as things shift, um, your focus has to shift with the time, with the season, you know. So like COVID comes in, as you know, everything was about, uh, you know, food, housing, um, child care, you know, um, getting kids laptops and internet service, you know what I mean? So that, that was a season where yeah. all your resources had to shift, you know what I mean, to meet that specific need. Yeah. Um, so over the years, uh, being here 27 years, my uh, main calling and outreach has definitely been youth and family. It's been even working with Irish youth and gang violence and things like that. So what's shifting um, now is the rise in youth violence. Um, since uh, March of 2020, um, we've had now about 10 young men, you know I mean, that have uh, been murdered um, wow. from gang violence. And so it's an increase that I never even thought that I would see here in Spokane, Washington. Right. And so, so therefore it's an area that, you know, we had to say, okay, now we need to turn our resources um, towards intervention, prevention, but in collaborating with other uh, leaders in the community, we've been able to understand that sometimes as pastors too, um, we, we think that, you know, we have all the answers because of the spiritual side of things. Yeah. But reality tells us that mental health is a real thing. Hmm. And I need to be humble enough to understand how to pass the baton in a lane that I'm not skilled in. You know, and so that's where, you know, we have partnered, you know what I mean, with, um, you know, black mental health specialists in the sense of understanding that some kids culturally want to trust somebody that look like them. Mm -hmm. The first thing our students will say, you know what I mean, is that, you know, we, we don't have, you know, counselors and specialists in that area that are African-American or that are, are, you know, people of color. Um, and so that's where we got to do a better job as a community to connect those dots and let them know it's here and, mm. and we're going to get you access. Um, wow. So that's where I started using my outreach in this area of intervention and prevention, but also accessing those skilled individuals in our community who specialize in these other areas and saying now in our network, this person can help you with this. I can help you with this. And I'm humble enough to admit it. I can only take you so far. Wow. Oh, so I want that to resonate with y'all because there's so many times we exactly what you said. We have to be everything for everybody 
and we have to create a solution. We have to solve these problems, but this is never the, this was never the, the setup, I believe. Like we are in a community and everybody has different gifts. Everybody has different talents. Everybody has something to contribute. So the main thing that I heard you say is we don't have enough connection um, amongst each other when we need something or we feel like we need to connect somebody with something we don't know what each other's doing and now we have this huge issue of gang violence and um and i just want that to resonate as well 10 young men have lost their life why why do, why do people get in involved with gangs in the beginning like what what is it that we're missing in the community that people are getting through a gang or um, through different type of activity that we just are not connecting with, we're not understanding. What is your, what is your thoughts about that? It's, it's a need to belong. It's a need again, to be uh, accepted and to uh, be valued. Hmm. And, and so when you have um, vulnerable kids who are not the, you know, sports athletes, they're, they're not the, you know, real talented, you know, real social and out there. Um, these kids find themselves with no acceptance, uh, nowhere where they fit in, nowhere to belong. Nobody chooses them. Nobody picks them. And so wow. therefore what happens is the gangs prey on them. P-R-E-Y, uh, they prey on them and recognizing that you're again, so needy right now that we're going to now be your family. We're gonna have your back. We're gonna do this and that for you. We're gonna put food on your table. Wow. To the place where it turns them away from even their own families because they feel like the gangs do more for me than what you do for me. And not realizing it's a part of the manipulation to, to get you to buy in again to my activities as your homeboy, your brother, and I got your back. And, and really what it is, is I'm using numbers to create my validation as a gang of sin and intimidation to anybody that don't fall in a line again with our activities. Um, so then now they put you to work and which means that you have to put in work as far as violence. Uh, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. You, you gotta do these drug deals, you know what I mean? In order for you again to prove your loyalty, you know what I mean, to us. Um, and then what kids don't understand is that then when you go to prison, um, they're not there for you no more. You know, they're not going to take care of your family. Um, they're not going to write, write you no letters. You yep. see, yep. Um, they use you for the moment they have you. And then when you go, you go. Hmm. Oh, man, um, this is such a deep conversation in the fact that many of us don't really realize how deep this is going in our community and what we need to do about it. You have created a um, event. Tell us a little bit about this previous event that took place. What was the agenda um, and what was the message? Okay, so the, the message first of all was, was first of all, we're stronger together, hmm. but how, how we, got there. I mean, we've heard it, you know, sometimes used as a cliche, Steffi, but but what I began to communicate with a lot of our African-American leaders uh, over 27 years being here, I said, we have all operated as streams that have been flowing parallel uh, with one another. In other words, again, we're all striving to move forward in some kind of way, um, but a stream 
it doesn't really have a strong current. It doesn't have a strong push. Um, and so at a slow pace, the black community has been just kind of streaming down the lines of Spokane, trying to attain whatever we can. Yeah. And I said that, and it creates a competition. So we find ourselves competing with each other mm. and even for resources, we're competing for the same resources. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Which is mm -hmm. like throwing us some crumbs and it's like dogs fighting over one bone. Man. Said, These things have hurt our community. I said, so what would happen if we turn those streams into one another. Because the more streams that begin to connect with each other, it begins to now build a river. Yes. A river has a current to where you can throw rocks in a river. That river will bounce right off that rock and keep on flowing. Mm -hmm. You can throw trash in the river. That river will pick that trash up and keep on going. Mm -hmm. I said, can you imagine a black community that says, now throw your trash at us? Your trash can't stop us. We have a river in the city and we gonna keep pushing forward. And so that was the messaging of why we need to stop competing with each other and collaborate with each other because we need to become the river that God ordained for us to be with all this talent we have, with all this education and, and yes. successful people, yes. not just black trauma, Stephanie, but black excellence. We have it right here and we need to show Spokane again that together we're going to be the people to say, you may not need us, but we're gonna, we gonna make you want us because yes. of what we bring to the table. Oh man, you see y'all, if you're not watching the video, I almost clapped when Pastor Sean was saying what he's saying because <laughs> we've been having this discussion like literally in this segment of Black voices in the community, we have been having this same conversation, which is there can only be one, it gets super competitive. If you, t if you look too Black, if you act too Black, you can't move up, you don't receive support. There's all of these anti-Blackness and Black people are participating in it in our community. And that doesn't mean everybody, right? Okay, I wanna make that real quick. That's not a general state, that, that was an over general statement. But th what I'm saying is these pieces are impacting how people are receiving funds, how funds are being used within the Black community, how they're perpetuating stereotypes and narratives. We are not in the community um, in a way that is forceful enough to tell our own narrative of our own story. I keep talking about this book called Black Spokane by Dwayne Mack, and it is the history of Black Spokane. And I think one of the things that's so hard is that many of us are transplants. So we come here and the culture in the Black community can be very weird or you're not understanding it or you're not connecting with it. And how do you connect with it? And one of the main questions most people ask are where are all the Black people at? Um, you know, there is this, 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 this thing in our community that we have to address. So mm -hmm. I'm really excited to hear that so many people showed up. They said there was like almost like a hundred people that actually showed up to this event to to uh, yes. participate in this uh, collaboration. Mm -hmm. Yes, so, so a little under a hundred, I would say uh, we did it at the MLK Center in a sense of supporting that black leadership. We had a black business fresh soul, Michael Brown, to cater the food. We were doing that intentionally to kind of send that message about yeah. supporting one another, even you know economically. Um, one thing that I want to say too is that 
the goal about trying to create true wraparound services uh, is recognizing that we have to be able to honor uh, what one another is doing. Um, we don't have to duplicate it, you know what I mean? But we want to be able to honor it and recognize that, you know, I don't have, you know I mean, to do it your way. Mm. Um, if, if two sinners are providing, you know I mean, the same services, it, it doesn't mean, again, that one is less or one is better. Mm -hmm. uh, so the challenge with us is that we have to sometimes um, discredit another Black program to make our program look more, you know, valuable and more credible. Yes. So as a Black community, we become the crabs in the bucket. We, we are constantly pulling each other down and none yep. of us is getting out of this bucket. So what we did, Steffi, is we submitted a honoring system that if you're going to be a part of this initiative, then we're, we're not coming to this table, you know what I mean, undermining each other. You know what yes. I mean? In other words, we smile in each other's face, we shake each other's hand. And then when we go down there to City Hall, we go down there to do governments. And now here it is, we're talking about fund my program because so-and-so's program is not as effective as mine. And, and both of you are Black. I'm saying mm -hmm. that stuff got to stop. So yes. we got to find a way to honor each other, support each other, uh, you know what I mean? And that way we all advance together, together. as a Man, y'all, I'm telling you, if you don't know, now you know. If you are listening to this for the very first time and you're like, somebody needs to hear this, I want you to stop. I want you to share it. Don't be greedy with this information, okay? Don't be greedy with this podcast. I want you to share this so that we can start healing as a community and start really thinking how we're showing up in the community and our different spaces and really say, how can we build this bridge and really fill this gap that is in our community? Because it's detrimental and it's, it's, it's really causing harm to a lot of our children, um, the next generation, the next generation of leaders. What are we actually teaching our community? Is it about competition? Is it about one-upping each other? Is it about being the only one? Or is it about saying, you know what, I recognize you in different spaces, period. When I see you at a, a, at a event, I'm going to connect with you. I'm going to talk with you. I'm going to be intentional with my with my conversation so that you, we can get to know each other and be able to find out what each other are doing and be able to embrace those things and support those things. It's so exactly. it's so important and so many people are, are craving this. Um, I've, I've been telling this story about me going down to Kendall Yards on my birthday and I was just like, man, you know, I was just feeling like I was missing community. I wanted to, you know, be with some friends. I wanted to connect. And I was just like, man, I'm just feeling so down. And I wasn't by myself. I was with my husband. I was with my daughter. We were going out to breakfast, but I was just feeling some kind of way. And I was just like, God, please help me. Give me a sign, anything like get this, like help me shape this, you know, because I was just wanted that community piece. And we drive up to Kindle Yards. We were walking down this pathway and I see like, 20 black women just sitting at a table and I'm like I want to be their friends <laughs> I want to talk to them but yeah. I don't know them so we walk by we're standing in line to get, in, get into the restaurant and one of the ladies comes up to me she goes oh my gosh I just love your baby she's so pretty and I'm like thank you so much I'm like you know I saw you guys over there and I want to sit with you guys I want to like hang out with you guys like are you guys like in college are you in sorority like what what do I need to do to be a part of that? And she says, yeah. well, none of us know each other. We've just been going up to Black people asking them do they want to go out to Black Oh, wow. I was like, what? 
<laughs> this is where we're at in Spokane that we are craving community so bad. We're just going up to each other and being like, hey, what do you got going on? I don't know. You exactly. just go to brunch. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, I feel like this conversation is so on time and this and this opportunity for us to connect and build is so on time. We have to take advantage of it. And we yes. can't let anybody else navigate this. This space has to be navigated by black people. Um, and it has to be, it has to be led by black people. You know, um, that doesn't mean other people can't be a part. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying right. is there's a piece of our community that needs to be healed and we have to do the work. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So Pastor Sean, before we end our podcast today, because I just want people to hear what you're doing. Um, I want you explained um, the goal of the, the event that you had last week. What is the next part of your goal? Um, and how can people be a part of the next segment that you're having? And it's going to be November 13th, correct? That is correct, yes. Perfect, yeah, okay. So yes, we're doing another community forum on November 13th at the MOK Center. Um, it's gonna be from nine to 12.30 and we'll be serving lunch again, you know, right about that 12 and 12.30. And the whole uh, focus is around uh, amplifying our community's voice. And when we see our community, we are talking about BIPOC community, but more specifically, the Black community. And so we're inviting, again, our community to say, come to the table. Because a lot of times, as Stephanie just talked about, is that other systems will begin to write our own narrative. And, and then we get, you know, kind of upset, you know I mean, because of the stereotypes, the labels that are placed even in our, our children. But the truth of the matter is that when it's actually being written out, we're not at the table. Uh, we have no voice. And so we're we're saying, you know what? Um, we need to create a collective voice where we are all saying the same thing. And so we're inviting the community to say, give us some input. And the way that I presented to Stephanie as an analogy is that, you know, too many times, you know, systems have pretty much come into our community to tell us what we need to better, you know, our community. And it's to the likes of saying that we have prepared a meal. Um, we haven't even asked you what you like to eat, hmm. but we prepared a meal and we're inviting you to dine. Hmm. And I'm saying time out for that. You need to invite us into the kitchen. Yes. We need to be a part of actually preparing the meal uh, hmm. because you don't know our culture. You, you don't know, again, our true issues. And so instead of letting other people prepare that meal for us, we need black people to come together and say, you know, you bring your flour, you bring your sugar, you know, yes. you bring your cinnamon, you bring yes. all your different giftings and skill sets and saying, hey, this is what I'm concerned with. These are needs in our community. And these are uh, solutions that we feel, you know what I mean, can help solve these problems. That's what the breakout sessions are for. We're capturing that information, um, putting them down, first of all, on, um, you know, posted notes, everything that our community is voicing. We're capturing it again through even video and audio, because what we're going to do is we're going to compile that information with uh, Empire Helps uh, is helping us in support of creating a application for uh, soliciting funding through the ARPA funding for everything that our community stand is needed. Um, we're saying that together, 
instead of even applying separately, we're going to apply together. Again, as a community, as a network, um, all of these different agencies that are on board and saying all of us can apply as you know individuals. But there is such chemistry, Steffi, to where everybody is saying, you know what, it's time for us to come together. So everybody's holding their application for one application to show the city that we are together and we're going to stand you know, with each other. So, so that's the whole agenda. And um, so, yes, community, we want you to come November 13th. Uh, please come with your ideas, share your concerns, share your solutions, um, because we want to hear your voice and we're going to act upon your voice. I love it. Oh, man. So let's get this again. November 13th, Martin Luther King Center. And what time? At 9 o'clock, 9 a.m. to 1230. Perfect. You guys, I will have the information right below this podcast series. So please don't worry. Um, what's the one last thing you want our listeners to hear about community, about change, um, about what we need to do next? Mm-hmm. I know it's probably, you know, a, a cliche, Stephanie, being, being used, of course, as a quote, um, first of all, but it's about really becoming the change that we want to see. Um, I, my cry right now is that, you know, we need representation, uh, we need presence. And so uh, the work that I do too, even within the schools, uh, with the school district, um, I am pushing right now for presence because we're, we're, again, our kids need to see us and yes. they need to see us in these spaces mm-hmm. where they've never seen successful black people. You know what I mean? They've never even had a school teacher that looked like them from K to 12. And so we are, we are doing a recruitment, you know, right now um, that outside of all the behaviors that is happening and disciplines, suspensions and expulsions, and kicking our kids again out of these schools. Um, we're pushing again for black representation, our men, our women, our dads, our moms, yeah. um, on those, you know, campuses with lunchtime. Um, I mean, creating a space where people are going to be, you know, uh, uncomfortable where they've made our kids uncomfortable as minorities. Uh-huh. So we're going to create a space again where now you're going to know what it feels like again to be uncomfortable um, because that's the only way change is going to take place is when you're willing to be uncomfortable. So so I've been given a green light to do that kind of uh, recruitment and to bring again our community on campus, you know what I mean, so that we can create representation and presence. Oh, man. Y'all. I, I'm just so excited about getting this conversation out because representation and presence is exactly what we're talking about throughout this whole series. There, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this is because so many organizations have closed down, businesses have closed down because there's not enough visibility, there's not enough support, there's not enough representation at these tables or there's only one person that's representing a whole community um, and we're not allowing ourselves to be really challenged as a community so we can make long lasting change. Thank you so much for this podcast. Pastor Sean, where can people connect with you? If they were like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I want to learn more. I want to connect with uh, Pastor Sean. Where can they go to um, find you? Yep. So our website is uh, gitacitychurch.us. That's J-I-T-A citychurch.us. 
Um, and so we are here, 1803 East Desmond, here in Spokane, Washington. Um, Jesus, the answer, Apostolic Church. Again, you're more than welcome, but you can go to the website and you can see a lot of different programs and resources, outreach programs that we have, uh, even there for youth and families. Thank you so much. And guys, until next time, keep listening, keep sharing. Um, definitely reach out to me if you want to be on this series or one of our upcoming series um, that we have currently. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Until next time, see you guys later. Thank you. Bye. Hi, this is Stephanie. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to my podcast segment today. I don't know if you live in the Spokane, Washington area, but we are encouraging everyone that owns a Black-owned business, at least 50%, to register their businesses with the Carl Maxey organization. You do not want to miss this. Check out their page and definitely enroll your organization or business to stay connected with our local community.